0: back to the South End Zone Podcast. I'm your host this week, Jason. I'm here with Eric. Week seven is in the books. We're on week eight. Week eight, Eric, it's finally here. We're gonna get some meaningful rankings after this week, I believe. Finally, some playoff stuff. How you doing this week, man?
1: Uh so far so good. You know, we hit the midway point of the season and some of the some of the things we've been talking about lately as far as the the picture clearing up going forward. You know, the next two weeks is is when the majority of that's going to happen so it's uh it's going to get good.
0: Yeah, I agree and uh you know, we've got kind of a I don't want to say a bad slate this week, but it's a I think it's a good week a good week to take some inventory, kind of a slow week, no real elite games.
1: Yeah, not really. I I want to say there's uh I think there's one uh matchup between two ranked teams if I remember right.
0: Yeah, it's not a it's not what I would call a high-powered slate. So it does give us a little bit of time to look at some breaking news and LSU. Like we talked about the last few weeks, uh, they went ahead and reached an agreement to uh, terminate Ed Orgeron at season's end. He will coach the rest of the season, and he will earn $16.949 million. Exactly. This is what they're going to pay him to walk away. You kidding me? That's
1: good work if you can get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So they'll be paying him through installments over the next uh, five seasons. I, I got to be honest, Eric. That like the timing of this, I, I don't really understand why they went ahead and reached an agreement mid-season to do it. I, I don't know. Yeah,
1: we. It, it's weird. So we talked about it in the group chat, obviously, right? When when we heard, and the the timing of it, right? You're talking 24 hours out of you know after their best game of the year. It just seemed really, really strange. Like, you know, they, they just beat a ranked team after looking like, looking like crap the last two weeks. And, you know, and as more of the story kind of comes out, it sounds like something that they've been kind of working on in the background for a couple of weeks. Like you know, how, how are we going to do this and and both sides stay happy. And, uh, I guess this is what they came up with. I mean, I caught brief snippets of uh, of a press conference that coach O did and he looked, you know, no worse for the wear. He looked, uh, like he was taking it pretty well considering.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, like I said, I don't necessarily agree with the timing of it. I would have just, he's our guy. We'll see at the end of the year. But doesn't matter. He will not return as LSU's head coach next season. And Eric, I want to look ahead a little bit. If you could come up with a top three who, now this is not just like people like Clay Travis and people at ESPN you know, all the big names out there, they're, they're just throwing out random names <laughs> like Joe Brady, Kiffin, stuff like that. And I, I, I mean, so if you could give me like a top two or three guys that you think one, you know, would tell their agent, sure, I'm interested I'll go talk to him," And also that would actually be a good fit.
1: So the first name that comes to mind and specifically because you bring up be a good fit because that's i think that's a part of it that people maybe don't look at as much but dave aranda is probably a guy who's going to be on their list because they they know him he was there before as a coordinator he was successful he's at baylor he's got them off to a great start he's probably a guy that they're going to look hey you know you interested i see mel tucker's name getting thrown around a lot he's got some background as an assistant in the sec he's known as a good recruiter um you know, maybe they, maybe they reach out to him and then, you know, it wouldn't be a power five opening if someone didn't say the words, James Franklin. So fit, I don't know. He won games at Vanderbilt. So, you know, he he's, took him to three straight bowl games. Right. I, I mean, and that is, I, you know, people who don't follow college football closely, I think maybe underestimate how, how extraordinarily difficult that is. <laughs> yeah, to, it's
0: it's, it's got to be like, I, I don't know this for a fact, but that's got to be one of the, only times in the history of that school that's ever been done. I'm not sure that. Yeah,
1: it has to be anyone
0: else has ever done that.
1: Yeah, going eight and four in Vanderbilt is like going twelve and zero at Alabama. Yeah, you know. So he's, you know, he's been in the SEC. He's been successful in at the toughest job in the SEC. Yeah, you know, maybe I don't know. He we we kind of saw the same thing a month ago with Clay Helton where. Oh, hey, you know, this this job that's looked at as a kind of a, a destination job, right? It's not a stepping stone job. Every, you know, it's like the phone book just gets thrown against the wall.
0: Oh, this guy, this guy, that guy. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw some names at you here. And we already discussed okay. James Franklin. I, I do think I agree with you. I think, is he a fit? Sure. I mean, he's coached in the SEC before. You know, I feel like he could win there. Aside from him, I mean, the biggest name that I would like to throw out there right out of the gate, and I know it's kind of cliche to do it, but look at the way Dabo Sweeney has got Clemson going right now. Uh, They're not very good. They're not. It would seem that they're sort of on their way down. Now, granted, they still recruited an extremely high level. They've got the best facilities in the country, and it's probably not close.
1: Yeah, I think it's a pretty wide margin as far as that goes.
0: Yeah. So, you look back a few years ago at the way Jimbo Fisher left Florida State. Wins a national championship, comes back the next season, has a so-so year, and then ejects for Texas A&M. Now, I think this could be a similar situation. Now, if I'm Dabo, I personally don't leave. I stay at Clemson because, one, it's an easier path to the playoff, and, two, he can pretty much name his price, I feel like. So, money, to me, would not be an issue. But, if he does want to make a step to what I, what I would say is a better job. You know, he's still a young guy. He's only like 51. So if I'm LSU, that's my first call. Now, do I think he'll take it? I doubt it.
1: Well, I, I doubt it too, but I would say, I would also say, you know, if you would have floated this six weeks ago, that he would leave Clemson for anywhere but Alabama, just because he's Alabama, you know, he's from Alabama, he played at Alabama. You know, I would have said you need to be committed, but man, after seeing, you know, if he's going to hit the eject button, this would be the year.
0: Right. And that is the only reason that I throw his name out there is because, you know, Clemson is sort of on a downslide. They don't have a big time quarterback right now. They've been decimated by injuries. Most of their, you know, NFL caliber star power on defense is either graduating or going to go to the draft. So like you said, you know, it would be the right time for him. But aside from Dabo, I don't see all the Joe Brady love. I mean, I, Joe Brady has openly talked about the fact that he hates recruiting and doesn't want to return to yeah. college. So I don't see that as a fit.
1: No, I, I don't. He doesn't appear to me, just from what I've read about him, to be interested in the least to leave the NFL and go back to college.
0: Well, you should know that. Yeah, I mean, one year, one year coaching in college and you're going to, what, hand him a head coaching job? I think that would be just crazy and probably a bad move for the university.
1: Yeah, and probably part of the reason that, you know, they've had a, a little bit of a downslide in talent is because they've got an OC who doesn't like recruiting for that one year, right? Because he showed up as the offensive coordinator. Those guys were already there. Yeah, so
0: that's true. I haven't really thought about it that way, but you make a great point there. And every major job that comes open, Hugh Freeze's name is going to get thrown out there. But I'm going to throw some cold water on that right out of the gate because, yeah, you know, with everything that's going on with the sexual assault scandal and all that you know, stuff that's been in the news with LSU. Yeah, that,
1: that, fit. You,
0: you know, you're going to bring in a guy like you, Freeze, who ran a call girl scandal at Ole Miss. It's a bad look, very bad PR decision. And I just don't see that happening. Well, I, I mean, I think he might
1: be persona non grata in the SEC period already, anyways. <clears throat> but yeah, giving giving some of the background stuff that they've got going on, uh, you know, with the Darius Geist situation, and I don't want to take up the whole podcast talking about that. But there's there's non football problems at LSU. He's he's he doesn't you know qualify for that sit that, that you you know what I mean with with his background.
0: Yeah, and you know to that point, I, the three names that I would throw out right out of the gate, if we're excluding the Dabos and the James Franklins of the world. I think one of the top guys they should consider is Mark Stoops. Stoops Kentucky, has done yeah. an amazing job at Kentucky. He keeps them competitive every year. I mean, you look at uh, some of the games they've you know, lost in recent years to the top-tier talent. Yeah, they run up against the Alabamas and the Georges of the world, and they get beat by three touchdowns because they don't have the athletes. But I feel like if Stoops right. went to LSU, he could pull those five-star athletes. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I think he could recruit a lot better than their. So the big advantage to LSU is they, they own that state. They're the only power five team in that state, right? They're not Auburn and Alabama. They're not Georgia and Georgia tech. They're not all the Florida schools. They're not recruiting at LSU of all the talent in the state of Louisiana should be far easier than recruiting kids to Kentucky where you're, Regionally, you're battling with, you know, Ohio State because they're right across the river. I, I think he'd do well. I mean, his, you know, his team, they go in the conference play and he has maybe, maybe a quarter of the time that he's got more talent on the field. Maybe one game out of four. <laughs> um, yeah. If that, but they still do well. Right. I mean, he, you know, they're, they're well coached. They're disciplined. They play hard. They, they don't, um you know, they're, they're very, I guess, resilient. Uh, you know, that's why they're six and one this year. Right. They, they have not been the more talented team on the field six times I promise you that yeah I agree but there keeps him in it keeps him going so yeah I think he I think he do find at LSU
0: yeah I I think he's got to be on their short list certainly and I you know you could call me crazy but I think Brian Kelly needs to be on the short list as well we don't know exactly what he gets paid at Notre Dame you know boosters and such his base salary is like <laughs> like 1.6 million or something but right we don't know what else he earns but I feel like He's been to the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs? He's won a ton of games. I feel like he's got to be on the short list if that's a fit. I That's the one for me that I don't know if it's a fit or not. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I haven't thought about that. My, my initial reaction is probably not. I don't know how interested he'd be. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean that,
0: you know, I don't know that they interviewed anybody else when Ed Orgeron took that job. I'm not quite sure if after les miles was fired if they interviewed anyone else or if they just gave it to him i don't know but
1: i don't know i don't recall because he was the interim guy when they fired miles right right and, then he, and they ended up like, just giving like him five the job and one or something yeah yeah, yeah. that's
0: right had a, had a really good uh season closing it out and just ended up getting the job so i'm not sure if they gave anybody else a call or what but i mean i feel like brian kelly would at least be interested you know it's a it would be a big step i mean i I don't think there's any question LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. I mean, it's a recruiting hotbed. Their facilities are better than Notre Dame's. It's, I I
1: don't know. Yeah, I guess I've never, I I haven't thought about that. Maybe I I could be talked into LSU being a slight step up, but it's not like Notre Dame isn't some prime job in itself either.
0: That's true. And they do have an exclusive TV contract and things of that nature. So it would be a, I mean, it's almost like a lateral move, but bottom line is you you join the best conference in football. <laughs> that's really, I guess, for me, what what the lure would be there.
1: Yeah. And now that's an allure for some guys, and that's probably a turnoff for others. So it depends on which side of that fence he's on, I guess.
0: Yeah. And he would also be able to recruit a lot more talent because the entry requirements at LSU, as we all know, are not quite as stringent as Notre Dame. So, no, they are not. (laughs) Yeah. So, but uh, I think we've talked this into the ground enough. Uh, You know, we'll see who they end up hiring. You know, the rest of the year, I feel like they could be a dangerous team because they really have nothing to lose. So, you know, we just saw uh, what happened this week and we'll get into the recaps now. And I guess we can go ahead and talk about that game since we're already on LSU. I mean, (laughs) Florida and LSU, good grief. I ain't never seen a Florida team get run all over like that. I don't know about you, but.
1: It, it was 49 to 42. And I, I remember last week when we recorded uh, under 59 or 59 or 59 and a half. If one of my three picks got got snuck, you know, if one of you guys had, had swiped one of those before my turn, that would have been my next pick. And I, <laughs> I you know, and I would have missed by 40 points. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I did not see that coming.
0: no. I don't I don't think anybody saw it coming. I mean, Ty Davis price, 36 carries, 287 yards and three touchdowns. He averaged 8 yards a carry. LSU as a team averaged 7.1 per carry. In uh 7 days ago, they ran for what was it, 11 yards? 11, yeah.
1: They turned it up to 11.
0: Yeah. And then they come out and rush for 321. As a team, <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't understand it. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. And then two, and then two days later, Ed Orgeron gets fired. It, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You must think I'm dumb. I don't.
1: Know, if if you'd have told me, you know, two weeks ago that Florida's going to come into Baton Rouge and LSU isn't going to play a lick of defense and they're going to win by a touchdown, I like, no. Like, what are you talking about?
0: You kidding me? Yeah, Florida was a ten and a half point favorite going into the game. LSU loses two star cornerbacks and their star wide receiver and then drops 49 on Florida. It doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. Yeah. Well, so the giving
1: up 42 makes all the sense in the world because they had a starting defensive tackle out and then the guys you mentioned.
0: Well, most of the time when you score 42 points, you should win. But I mean, you look at Florida's defense yeah. that, you know, the most, especially in the sec. Yeah. The most they've given up this year before this game was 29 points. And that was to Alabama outside of that. Nobody scored more than 20 points on them. And then they give up 42 to LSU. I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense uh, of all teams, but yeah, of yeah, all, I don't. of all teams that that's one of those where you're just like, what the hell, what, what happened? Yeah. I don't get it.
1: I, I guess the only thing I can come up with is, is I I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for Coach O's pregame speech for that one just to see <laughs> what you know what he what he did to light that fire because because I was watching uh, Arkansas and Auburn and I you know commercial break and kind of just putzing around on my phone and I look and I thought like it was a miss like what are you talking about LSU's? Uh, I think they were up twenty eight to seven I believe when I looked and. I mean, well, in Florida, in
0: Florida, actually ended up tying the game a couple of times and having a chance to stay in it, but they just could not stop the run. I don't know what happened. I mean, what? How do you give up 300 yards rushing if you're Florida? I don't understand.
1: Well, you should know that. I mean, it wasn't anything real fancy or advanced, so I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't. Uh, That's not, it. Put looked up any to resistance it, at all.
0: It looked to me like they just packed it in after that Kentucky loss. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're just packing it in or what they're doing, but they. They took a week off.
1: Y'all took a week off. I just right, wasn't important. I right, so it's not important to anybody else.
0: I don't know. That's one of those games, you know, once a year where you're going, what the fuck? Speaking of, uh, you know, teams who don't uh, drop games to teams they shouldn't, uh, Georgia and Kentucky, I didn't watch this game, but going back and looking at it kind of, you know, like you say, post-mortem, uh, <laughs> It seems like Georgia dominated the game all the way up until there was three seconds left, and Stoops called a timeout to run a play and get a backdoor cover.
1: Yeah, so I watched the entire thing. Just when I think I could not be more impressed by Georgia's defense, every week they they figure out a way. It's I mean, there, there's really not a whole lot to say about the game itself. I mean, it was it was super one sided. You know, Georgia outgained them by about 180 yards or so. You know, Kentucky averaged 1.9 yards per carry on the ground.
0: We couldn't do diddly-poo offensively.
1: Well, that's about par
0: for the course with everybody else this year. Yeah,
1: so uh, the Rodriguez kid for Kentucky, who I believe was leading the SEC and rushing up to that point, had seven yards on seven carries. <laughs> so that kind of, you know, Georgia had eight tackles for loss. That sort of tells you all you need to know. Is Georgia unbeatable? I think they're as close to unbeatable this year as you're going to find. Yeah, and we've we've had a number of teams that look like the real deal that have tripped on their own shoelaces. We're going to talk about one of them here in a couple minutes. But but the teams that lost, they all like you know the best example is Alabama. You know they they go into Texas A&M and they lose by three last second field goal. Well, we had talked. It either the week before or two weeks before when they played Florida about, hey, you know, Florida gave them a game and they might have maybe put a little bit of a blueprint out there on on how you're going to give yourself a chance against these guys. Maybe they're not impervious after all, if you can do X, Y, and Z. I don't think anyone's found X, Y, and Z for Georgia yet. I don't think anyone's found X yet.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, they're, they're doing all this stuff with a backup quarterback. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, the,
1: you, you look at their last three games, which was Arkansas at Auburn and Kentucky. They've given up 23 points in those three games.
0: We're in week eight now, and I, I don't see anybody that can beat them. There's just, I mean, even Alabama, I think Alabama goes up against them in the SEC title game. I think Georgia just stuffs their run game, forces Bryce Young to throw 50 times and ends up winning a close game.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I would, I I would, oh God, I, you couldn't pay me enough to drop back 50 times against them either. That's a quick ticket to an ice bath.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Speaking of really, really, really good defenses, or at least so we thought, Iowa, uh, it would seem, laid a giant fucking egg this week and kind of proved what we all, you know, kind of talked about, like they're a big smokescreen. They are who we thought they were. I mean, Purdue just took them to the woodshed, man. I mean, it was not a close game the entire game. I mean, Purdue looked like the better team for four quarters.
1: Uh, Well, they were the better team for four quarters. So but we we had talked about Iowa I don't know if it was last week or the week before you know yeah they're they're rolling and you know that defense is something but you know we we had mentioned it like they got to they got to get going offensively cuz you you can't win 13 or 14 or 15 games with defense and special teams and a below average offense which they had been to that point. So that that game was 24-7 Purdue because Purdue was Iowa right once once Iowa stopped getting three takeaways you know they're in trouble and I think they were either minus three or minus four in turnover margin, not plus. So yeah, they got uh, really they just they got a little taste of their own medicine.
0: Yeah, and you look at Iowa, like you know what 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 happened to the defense, like the secondary that creates all these turnovers. I mean, David Bell go you know catches eleven balls for two forty on a touchdown. I mean they they just didn't have an answer. I mean, what are you not double covering him all of a sudden, creating all these turnovers? I I don't know. I feel like maybe they just. Took a week off or something.
1: I Y'all took a week off. I just right, wasn't important. I right, so it's not important to anybody else.
0: You score seven points against Purdue. You don't even belong in the top ten. I'm sorry. It's even in a crazy year like twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, and then they're not now. I don't know. I almost feel like it was kind of a trap game because they just came off the big win against Penn State. Maybe. I mean, I don't know that they need to be looking ahead to Wisconsin, but I don't know. I can't I can't come up with a good explanation.
0: Well, it just it boils back down to the things that like Hunter always talks about. Rankings don't matter. I mean, they don't. The AP, they don't know anything. <laughs> if you're going to sit there and tell me that Iowa should be number 2 in the country over teams like Ohio State or Alabama. I'm going, "What? That doesn't make any sense. I don't care if they lost to Oregon and Texas A&M. Like I feel like Alabama or Ohio State would just thump Iowa they shouldn't have won a week ago they you know they should have lost to Penn State they were down 14 points and then Clifford goes down and they end up squeaking it out
1: yeah the AP people doesn't do a real great job of like reflecting too far into the past but if you remember earlier in the year they initially got up to I think five or four based on their first two wins which were Indiana and Iowa State and
0: yeah neither neither one of those teams is ranked right now <laughs>
1: Right. But they still keep all the credit they got for those wins at the time. You know what I mean?
0: It doesn't make any sense. It should be a complete reevaluation from week to week if you're going to do it,
1: I think. Yeah, it should be. But I don't, I think there's probably some voters who do that. But more often than not, I think they just, oh, let's see. These guys are five, number four lost. These guys are number four now.
0: Cincinnati um, sitting at number two in the country right now. They're probably playoff bound. I mean, what are you going to do? Bump them from two all the way to five after Ohio State wins the Big Ten. I mean, you (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, we've seen it before where TCU was number three, I believe, and then gets bumped all the way out of the playoff rankings in the final week. I mean, I I think the playoff rankings may be a little different when they do come out. We'll see, but well, they're their own yeah, they're their own entity. Yeah, I, I don't see Cincinnati being number two in the playoff rankings. Maybe they will be. Who knows? I could be wrong.
1: I think they would be four at best, but you're going to have, you know, yeah, Ohio State at five, Michigan at six, Penn State at seven, Michigan State at nine. Like all those teams still got to play each other. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are at three and eight respectively. Well, they got to play again. They might even play twice because they're well on their way to finishing one, two in the big 12 and playing the championship game the week after they play the Bedlam
0: game. (laughs) Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened. So and speaking of Oklahoma State. They got a big win this week against Texas, you know Gundy, I almost took him in the upset. I should have, but I felt like he would have screwed me so I don't know what to make of Oklahoma State. I feel like it's kind of the same situation as Iowa like are they I feel like they're a smoke screen am I am I crazy there?
1: You're not crazy and I don't know if they're a smoke screen i I think they're what Oklahoma State normally is.
0: They are who we thought they were
1: which is a team that'll go on a three week stretch looking like they can play with anybody in the country. And then they're just as likely to have at a different point in the season, a three week stretch where they look like a six and six team. So I feel like we're seeing the the best version of Oklahoma state right now, what that means going forward. eh, Your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Um, They're about as predictable as a squirrel on angel dust. Like (laughs) I took the over on them preseason because I thought they were going to play really, really good defense um, and average offense. And that is the closest I'm going to get to touching an Oklahoma State game this year, because I have no idea who you're going to get on a week-to-week basis with them.
0: I did not expect them to be undefeated at this point in the season. I definitely took the under on them. So, you know, they seem to be proving me wrong thus far. But I feel like Gundy will show his true colors once, you know, they start playing some closer games. They got Iowa State this week, so... Iowa State's favored by a touchdown. We'll see what happens yep. there. They win that game, then you know they got a pretty clear path to maybe going undefeated. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they haven't played a
1: particularly harsh schedule so far. Um, I mean, they they beat Baylor, who's ranked. Uh, they beat K State, who I think was ranked at the time. But you could also turn around and argue, well, they shouldn't probably shouldn't have won the Boise game but it, you know wins a win. Um yeah,
0: I don't feel like they're very yeah, good. I, I I don't think they're very good. I, I, I just
1: don't think they No, I don't think they're I don't think they're the 8th best team in the country. No, I don't know. But on the flip side, if they get past Iowa State, Kansas is a gimme. They should win at least 2 out of the 3 after that between West Virginia, TCU and Texas Tech. So then you're looking Ten, maybe eleven wins going into the Bedlam game. You kidding me? I don't know. I could be. I could be talking to anything with these guys.
0: Well, and speaking of the Bedlam game, I I, I want to touch a, on a couple of games real quick before we move on to studs and duds. Uh, Oklahoma and TCU. Speaking of that Bedlam game, Oklahoma looks like a different team since Caleb Williams took over at quarterback. I mean, they. Golly, whew.
1: yeah, they they look like Oklahoma. Yeah,
0: yeah they do. They look like. I they, mean, that's the easiest way to
1: yeah. say. It. They, they look like the team we've been expecting to see for a month and a half. Yeah,
0: I mean, like I say, I, before the game, or last week on the pod, you know, I said uh, that no way if Spencer Rattler is starting the TCU would be a 13 and a half point dog, but with Caleb Williams, I mean, they should have been, I mean, it, man, that guy, you talk about just like freaking nature. He looks like the real deal comes in, you know, against Texas after never playing, never attempting a pass. And the dude looks like a Heisman candidate. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He came in against Texas. I think his first play was a 60 something yard touchdown run.
0: Yeah. He looks like the right. real deal, and Oklahoma. I, <laughs> I predicted, I predicted him to go undefeated and you know make it to the playoffs, but uh, not without Spencer Rattler.
1: No, I mean I didn't. I, I had them in the championship game against Georgia, but I didn't expect it to be like this.
0: No, I, I didn't expect Doctor Thunder. Who you know, if I had, uh, if I, I'm not sure if there's a line on it in Vegas, but uh, I give it over under. I'm putting it at two and a half weeks before he transfers or. Ops out for the draft.
1: I don't know. I think I would lean over. I think he I think he'll finish out the season.
0: Hmm. Maybe so.
1: I, I think he's more likely to transfer after this season than he is to, to go to the NFL personally. I don't I mean if I was him, I wouldn't look at the the six game or five game body of work that I have put together so far, and be like, Yeah, I'm going to the draft now. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe maybe he does go somewhere else and try to kind of reestablish himself for a year, and then and then move on. I mean, he's a redshirt sophomore, so it's not like he doesn't have time and opportunity left.
0: Yeah. Lastly, the last game, I we don't have to really talk about it, but Alabama forty nine to nine over Mississippi State. It would appear that they are looking like Alabama again.
1: Yeah, that was. That was the most predictable outcome of the whole week, was it not? Yeah,
0: I, I think so. You know, Nick Saban coming off a loss, his average margin of victory is like 23 points. So, you know, I, I kind of felt bad for Mississippi State going into the game. I was like, well, that would not be who I would want to be. Somebody that I feel yeah. like they're about to take their aggression out on. And it uh, they looked from, you know, the first snap that they were the most, you know, one of the best teams in the country once again. So, we'll you know, we'll see. But they still got some tough games ahead of them. You know, and ultimately they'll have to go through Georgia if they want to make the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But moving on to studs and duds, uh, give me your stud and your dud of the week.
1: Uh, My stud, uh, he he was my runner-up last week, and he is. He is my clear winner this week. Matt Corral, uh, old Miss boy. Uh, if you weren't watching the Mississippi, Tennessee game, uh, that went well into Saturday morning, that was a heck of a game. And that was a whole lot of action, both football and non, but Matt Corral was, was beyond awesome. He was a uh, 21 to 38, which doesn't jump out at you. 231 yards and two touchdowns. He did have a pick on a tipped ball. Um, he was actually trying to, to throw it away, running towards the sideline. It got sort of deflected back into play. But, uh, more importantly, he ran the ball 30 times for 195 yards. Some of those designs, some of those, you know, protection breakdown and these scrambles, but he, he ran for, I believe, eight first downs. And to, to do that and get a five point road win against a, a decent Tennessee team, um, coming off that Alabama game where he was good, not great, this was kind of a, a step back up for him towards uh, certainly towards Heisman consideration. Uh, my dad, we talked about him briefly. Spencer Petras of Iowa, seventeen of thirty-two for one ninety-five. He did not throw a touchdown, but he did throw four interceptions, took four sacks. As number two Iowa lost twenty-four to seven at home versus three and two Purdue.
0: Yuck. <laughs> but they still got a shot in the Big Ten championship this year, more than likely, because Lord knows nobody else in the West is going to challenge.
1: I mean, they might. It's. I think Minnesota is the team in the West that controls their own destiny mm. as far as conference championships.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully Believe they it or not. Hopefully they do, because then I won't have to wear a Tennessee jersey. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I think of the teams that have one conference loss already. Uh, Minnesota holds a victory over Purdue, who holds a victory over Iowa. So if Minnesota beats, they're going to have to beat Iowa to win out, obviously. But yeah, Minnesota wins out and they're in.
0: Yeah, well, Timmy's in deep shit if Minnesota wins their next three games, which are all winnable, by the way. Uh, very. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for my stud and my dud, my stud is Eric Barriere from Eastern Washington. He's a quarterback. This weekend they played Idaho and they crushed them seventy-one to twenty-one. On the back of the Vandals, yeah, the Vandals on the back of 600 yards passing and seven touchdowns. Good God, are you serious? (laughs) (sighs) And he also added a 12 yard touchdown run on their 50 point victory there. So, I mean, I, you know, obviously I didn't watch the game, I don't even know that guy, but when you throw for 600 yards and seven scores and add another rushing touchdown to boot, uh, yeah, you're gonna make my stud list.
1: Yeah, when you go when you go out on Saturday looking like you put Madden on rookie mode, you're you're the yeah, stud. Yeah, that's right.
0: And on the dud side, we already talked about it a little bit. Florida's run defense. I mean, Jesus Christ, 321 yards rushing to LSU, a team that hadn't rushed for any yards all season. I, I don't get it. I mean, what? <laughs> no metric in America predicted that outcome. So, None. I mean, that, they like I said, they took a week off. And then my only, like, I kind of wanted to make this guy my stud, but, you know, it's kind of a homer pick. Will Anderson, you know, the linebacker from Alabama had four sacks this week. First guy to do that for them since Derek Thomas. So he was all over the field. Alabama fans better enjoy that guy because he's off to the NFL after next season. He's only a sophomore. But I do want to move on here, and we're going to get to the picks review right now. And obviously, Hunter and Timmy are not here to defend themselves, so we will go to them first. Hunter took LSU Florida under 59. Obviously, he missed on that one, given they...
1: Yeah, that was a track meet. Yeah,
0: we've talked that into the ground. He took Georgia, Kentucky over 44.5. That did not hit, uh, even with Stoops' backdoor cover of 23.5. He took Alabama at minus 17, easy cover, 49-9 to final. And he clearly didn't read the rules because he took Baylor over BYU. And I guess he thought because Baylor was not ranked and BYU was that that was the upset, but that was based on point spreads, and Baylor was a six-point favorite when he made his pick. So he gets zero credit for that, even though Baylor did beat BYU. So, sorry, Hunter, but... No points on the upset this week because, you know, well, you need to read the rules. Uh, <laughs> moving over to Timmy. Ooh, rough week for Timmy as well. He uh, he took Michigan State, and we were both mad about that because we both wanted that pick. They covered at minus four and a yep. half. Took Nebraska at minus four, which I warned him against. They did not cover. <laughs> and then took Florida at minus ten and a half. They did not cover, obviously. And then he took Tennessee over Ole Miss. Uh, man, I've never seen some shit like that in my life where guys are throwing shit on the field like i mean tennessee's quarterbacks threw for a couple hundred yards but tennessee's fans threw for like seventeen (laughs) thousand.
1: yeah i mean yeah collectively they put up they put up some big numbers yeah
0: i mean guy makes a correct fourth down call and they throw trash all over the field kiffin gets hit with a golf ball 17 minutes stoppage in that game uh, moving over to me real quick. I took Pittsburgh minus four over Virginia Tech. A lot of hate and discontent among VT fans for the coaching staff right now, especially the offensive coordinator. And, ugh. God, against my better judgment, I took Boise State. After they screwed me against BYU, I took them to cover against Air Force. What do they do? They go out, lay an egg, and get beat. So I'm done with Boise State. Fuck those guys. They've screwed me two weeks in a row. I'm done.
1: I feel strong about this now, really strong.
0: Then I took Fresno State, minus three and a half over Wyoming. Easy cover. They beat them like 17 to nothing. Real windy, nasty game. Fresno State, not unlike Liberty most weeks, not this week, is a cover machine. And then my upset pick was not even close. I took Boston College over NC State. NC State destroyed them. It was fucking ugly. And then moving over to you this week, man. Good Lord. What a week. Auburn and Archie over 54. Easy money there. Old Miss, minus three. Also easy money. I mean, Tennessee had a chance in that game, but uh, Kiffin comes through for you. And then your only letdown of the week, Utah State, minus seven and a half. They laid a giant egg against UNLV. Yeah. Yep. And then your automatic upset pick, which I knew was going to be a guaranteed victory, was UCLA over Washington. I'm still pissed that you squeaked that one in there in front of me. So now, bringing to the totals uh, on the season, Hunter is 8 and 13 against the spread, but those upset picks are keeping a minute. He's at 17 points. He's in second place behind you. You are 11 and 10 against the spread with 19 points. A lot of upset wins there as well. Myself, I'm in third place with 15 points, but I'm 11 and 10 against the spread. Same as you. Just not hitting them upsets, man. I can't hit them. I I miss them every week. And dragging up the rear, Timmy, ten and eleven against the spread, fourteen total points. He's uh he's been on a rough stretch here lately. It's uh he's gotten one game right against the spread in three out of the last four weeks. So he's uh after a hot start, he's cooled off significantly. So we'll see what happens there.
1: But yeah, I bounced between one and three and three and one all year.
0: Oh yeah, don't tell me I'm the only person that's gone four and zero oh and also zero oh and four. <laughs> So, you know, with that, I want to move on uh, to our last segment here. Let's get to the picks. Um, Give me pick number. Give me pick numero uno because Timmy and Hunter will get their picks in later on. Okay. uh, I'm going
1: to take Coastal Carolina minus four at Appalachian State.
0: See, you you took the top one on the list and I was going to take that because, you know, it's a it's a midweek special. And I was like, I'm going to take a page out of Eric's book and take Coastal Carolina at minus four. I want winners.
1: Well, Coastal is actually, since they play a lot of uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday games, they end up near the top of the list on, on our website we look at for these. Um, and they're always the first team I look at because, A, they're 5-1 and one against the spread this year. Uh, B, they are covering huge numbers on these spreads. You know, it's not like, oh, 3.5, 8. It's 26, 33, 36, 19. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're done really good against the spread this year they are one of two teams that is in the top 10 in points scored and points allowed in fbs football the other being cincinnati so they're averaging 49 a game and they're giving up on average 15 a game App State has gone over thirty-three twice this year, and they just got done losing by four touchdowns to Louisiana last week. So I'm uh, I'm liking Coastal minus four. You must think I'm dumb.
0: Yeah, I like it too. I would have taken that, but here we are, Eric, stealing my picks once again. So since you <laughs> since you stole my pick right out of the gate, I'm going to do it. I said preseason that Minnesota was going to win seven games. I predicted them preseason to win this game, so I'm going to ride them this week. Give me Minnesota minus five and a half at home against Maryland. I bet on Maryland this week or this year to upset Iowa and they got destroyed. They're not very good. Tongue Valoa looks like crap. It would be very on brand for Maryland to go in and upset them or at least cover, but I, I don't see it. Minnesota's playing pretty well. Give me the Gophers minus five and a half against Maryland. So round one is complete. Give me round numero dos. Uh, give me North Carolina State
1: minus three and a half at Miami, who is one and four against the spread this year and has lost six of their last seven games against FBS schools. Uh, Miami is in a bad way right now, and Manny Diaz is on the clock. And I like the Wolfpack to go in there and win by probably 10 to 14. But uh, I'll just I'll take the three and a half and call it good.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. Miami, without Derek King, I kind of like NC State to cover there. They're coming off a just blowout win over Boston College. I mean, Miami, they've been a thorn in the side of, you know, betters somewhat. But, you know, I guess for and against them. You know, like I remember initially taking North Carolina and then backing out of that because I didn't think they would cover, and they didn't. <laughs> so, right, you know, it I, I don't know what to make of Miami, but I, I do like that pick, I think, NC State. Uh Takes care of business there. Now, round two for me, I'm gonna take a play here from the Big Ten. Give me it's a big line, but give me Ohio State minus twenty against Indiana. I think they just destroy Indiana. I mean, Indiana's two and four. Yeah, probably. They they don't look good. Michael Penix, you know, we know all year he's looked like shit. So I don't see this being a backdoor cover situation like last year. I think Ohio State just boat races him. So give me Ohio State minus twenty.
1: On the road. All right, cross that one off my list. <laughs> that, I, I like that one too. That's I, sorry, not sorry. That that one's going to be over mid second quarter.
0: <laughs> All right, so round three, give it to me.
1: All right, so I I was debating between taking uh, laying the points with UTSA at Louisiana Tech or laying the three and a half points of Wake at Army, and I eventually decided to do neither. But I'm going to stick with the Wake game, and I'm going to take under fifty two. Hmm under on a white game under on a, well, really it's under on an army game um, (laughs) partly, but you know, wakes wakes hit the, they've been under the total four out of six games this year. Um, and you know, army's last three games have, have all been under 45. So You know, they're going to slow the game down, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. There's just not going to be a ton of scoring opportunity. It's not like Wake, you know, they're averaging like 32 or 33 or something like that. I think last I looked, but they're not a particularly explosive offense either. So, you know, they're a good offense, but they're not going to go out and throw up a a four play drive for 80 yards. You know, they're going to be a little towards the methodical side as well. So, uh, yeah, I like, uh, I like under 52 on them.
0: All right. Wake under 52 with Army. All right. Well. Since you didn't take it, I'm going to go ahead and take it and uh, give me Old Miss and LSU over 76 and a half. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go back to the well and ride Old Miss overs because they can't stop anybody and I don't know. LSU just dropped 49 on Florida. Maybe they figured something out. So we'll see. Maybe they catch lightning in a bottle here and drop some points on Old Miss. So give me Old Miss and LSU over 76 and a half. Bold. It is bold. I almost took TCU minus four and a half, but,
1: uh, you know. I don't know. So many of those big 12 teams seem just the same to me. Like I, <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that any of those teams are five points better than any others for the most part.
0: Yeah, and I can't bring myself to bet on Notre Dame again. Even though I think they do cover a touchdown against USC, I can't bring myself to bet on them, even at home. So, got those in. Who's losing? UCLA. Oh, you son of a bitch. You just took my...
1: (laughs) (laughs) The easiest one on the board, man.
0: I was all over that.
1: I, like I said, I you know Oklahoma State is an underdog. I'm not sure they should be, but I'm not sure they shouldn't be either. I thought about Syracuse just because they've been kind of playing spoiler this year uh, and playing teams a lot closer than they've been given credit for ahead of time. But again, just like the pick last week, if, if you think the better team, the flat-out better team is not favored, then bet the better team.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree. Well, man. I'm about to blow your mind for, for my upset pick. I can't believe I'm even gonna do it. I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. But give me Clemson to upset Pittsburgh this week.
1: You think they get it right or right right enough? I mean, they still they've they still have played really, really good defense all year and they might be able to, to slow pit down, I guess, if it's
0: Yeah. I mean i you know, just give me Clemson to upset Pittsburgh. I don't know. I feel like Pitt maybe lays an egg. Clemson finally figures some shit out on offense enough to, to win a close game. I loved the Oregon over UCLA pick, but Clemson, I don't think it's any question that they've got more talent than Pittsburgh. So, right. you know, give me a talent-based pick. It's on the road, but give me Clemson to play spoiler against Pittsburgh this week. So I'll take that as my upset pick and Timmy can crush me all day long about it. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, now that we got all that out of the way, uh, it, I think it's time for our camel call here. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs>
1: uh, had a rough one. They uh they lost thirty four to seventeen to Monmouth. Um, Fall to two and one in the conference. Had a had a rough go of it in the second quarter. They uh, gave up two touchdowns in about three and a half minutes. In the middle of the second quarter, turned the ball over three times. Can't do it, Campbell. So mm. lost to Monmouth. They got uh, they have a good Kennesaw State team coming up this week, and I believe they're at home. So try to try to get back on track. Roll Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. what day is it mike all right well that's gonna wrap us up uh, you guys can find us on twitter or instagram at south end zone pod we are available on all podcast platforms uh, go give us a listen leave us a review five stars only please and a little bit of news for us we have accepted an offer to join uh, the pigskin podcast network and we will be part of their network here, uh, as of next week's show. And, uh, yeah, got a little bit of, uh, moving up in the world here for us, Eric. You know, we're, we're getting towards the big time
1: here. Well, you know, slowly but surely But uh, it's like, uh, it's like I told a buddy of mine, you know, my lifelong dream of, of getting paid to watch football and talk shit to my friends is, uh, you know, never let your dreams die, kids. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah stick with your dreams kids could happen you never know all right well uh we'll be back with you guys next week for week nine thanks for listening see you thank you very much have a great day